Welcome to the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. So we often look to get a sense from the, the student-athletes, who are the nearly half a million student-athletes who are part of the NCAA each year. We, we try to get a sense of, of their roles, not just as, as athletes, but also as students and also as people who are engaged in the notion of the NCAA and governance and what it means to the other, the balance of the nearly half a million student athletes out there. And one of the ways we thought we'd do that is, is talk to somebody who is very actively involved in what's called the, the, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, you can refer to as SACS. Um, and we're delighted to have Josh Ibiquo with us today, who is a, a sprinter from Purdue University. He's the, pre- the president of the SAC group at Purdue. Uh, and Josh, we're delighted to have you. Thanks for joining us. Mr. Ford, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank uh, you so much for having me. I always like when anybody refers to me as Mr. Ford. It makes me feel so, well, first old, I guess, <laughs> is the other thing. But So, Josh, again, thank you. We appreciate it. And we know you're, you're, you're busy here. Uh, let me start off so that folks have a, a better understanding of you and, and your background. Sure. All right? Um, tell me about high school and then how you eventually got to Purdue. Absolutely. So, uh, I was raised in Carmel, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, just north of Indianapolis here, actually. And I went to Carmel High School, where I played football and I ran track as well. Uh, I kind of fell in love with the sport on accident. I started running in middle school uh, because my mom was actually late to pick me up one day. And there was a call-out <laughs> meeting for track, so I decided to... And nothing else to do, I might as well show up, right? Exactly. I had nothing else those to are, do. Those are great stories, though, about how people stumble yeah. into passions yeah, sometimes. absolutely. So you show up. Mom's a little bit late. You show up. Yeah, so... The rest is history, yeah. <laughs> I guess I would say at that point. Uh, I'm very you know, happy to say that I had a successful high school career, made uh, a lot of relationships, a lot of friendships, and I received a full tuition scholarship to attend DePaul University mm-hmm. um, on you know, kind of an academic basis. Um, but I found that the academic experience I was looking for uh, wasn't necessarily um, there for me at DePaul University. So I decided to transfer uh, on an academic basis again to Purdue University, uh, where I walked on to the track team, and again, the rest is history. That's right. mm-hmm. Let me talk a little bit, before we get to the notion of the sacks, because I, I find, as a you know, former student athlete, as a football player at Yale a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, it, I, I find how the young people first ad- adapt to their environment, uh, because it's different. You know, Absolutely. sort of all of us were stars in high school, and then all of a sudden you get to college, and it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And you have an additional element here in that you're transferring from one really good institution to another really good institution. Absolutely. So as a transfer, how did did you find that it was it, it took a little bit longer for you to become mm-hmm. part of the fabric of the university? Or was there something about, for instance, being an athlete that helped you with that? Well, I think for, for me, at least, Purdue is such a welcoming community. And I think one of the really good things about Purdue is that they are intentional about creating community and they're intentional about being welcoming people. Um, you know, you always hear about that Hoosier hospitality. Mm-hmm. And I think we really do live that out at Purdue University. So personally, my transition was very smooth. And I'm, actually, I'm very happy that, you know, I have the ability to say that. Um, I, I think in terms of academics, you know, DePaul and Purdue are, are, are very different, uh, different institutions academically. So it, it did take me a little bit of time to acclimate to the, the difficulty of Purdue because, 
you know, you always hear about how Purdue is a hard school, but you know, <laughs> when you when you're in the classes and the labs, it's uh, it takes on a different a different air, you know, because your professors do expect a lot of you day in and day out, uh, and then you know, balancing that with you know the fact that Purdue is a, it's a Power Five school, um, and certainly we, we have high expectations on the field of play as well. Uh, so learning how to balance those um, was was a bit challenging at first, but you know that's why athletes that's why we do this. You know because we do want to grow, we want to be the best versions of ourselves. So we put ourselves in these in these situations that that cause us to grow. And I think I, I'm blessed to be able to say that I've had this opportunity. Sounds like it was it's the perfect combination of challenging and embracing at the same time. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Now, let, let's talk a little bit about your involvement as, as a SAC. Sure. Right. Do you remember when you first became aware of the existence of, of this group, of, of this notion of student-athletes acting as advisors on committees? The, the first time that I was made aware of SAC was at DePaul, actually. Uh, so DePaul had a, a version of SAC, and, you know, as a freshman on campus, I was really looking for a way to make friends and to kind of fold myself into the fabric of the student-athlete community at DePaul. And I loved it. You know, we were able to, to, to put on events. We were able to, and we were able to network and, and, and meet people in the community, and I thought that was so powerful. Uh, so when I transferred to Purdue, I noticed that, Purdue had a sack as well. And for me, I thought that was a perfect opportunity to really, you know, again, be intentional about joining community and, and reaching out and bridging gaps um, that a transfer student may feel coming to a new place. Right. Uh, so for me, um, I, at first it was, it was definitely more so about making friends and building relationships. But as I got older and experienced more college life, I, I definitely became a lot more passionate about representing the, the student athlete and, and doing everything I could to, to better our station. Uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, student athletes, you know, we, we, are, we, we do live a blessed life. Uh, but I think, you know, throughout the experience of being a student athlete, there, there are challenges that, you know, as president of a student athlete advisory committee, it's it's my obligation and my duty to do whatever I can to help kind of smooth those out. Let's talk a little bit about that, the, mm-hmm. the, the sort of day-to-day mm-hmm. involvement that, as a SAC, because mm-hmm. we have both the campus involvement and the conference-wide involvement, mm-hmm. and then you have the association, NCA sure. association. So let me start with the, the, the campus mm-hmm. involvement. Uh, Give me a sense of some of the types of things that your organization will do or become engaged in at the, on the Purdue campus. Sure. So it, it all starts off with our closed meetings. That's where we set our goals. So for us, we do closed meetings once every month. That's what we try to do. And, you know, again, Purdue is a very academically tough institution. Mm-hmm. So we actually ended up canceling our last closed meeting because everybody had midterms. So we said, <laughs> okay, we'll just, you know, take a rain check on this one and we'll, we'll come back to it later. Uh, and I run those meetings. Right. So I set the agenda for those. I, I work with my exec group to kind of come up with our, our bulletin, our announcements. Uh, and those announcements generally consist of our, our, our community outreach, 
uh, opportunities that we distribute to all of our athletes because at Purdue we're also very um, adamant about being great community partners. And I think uh, we have a few things in the work in the works with our Purdue United Way to form more lasting community partnerships uh, with our elementary schools, with our community centers as well in, in West Lafayette. Uh, because again, being you know uh, a good player in the fabric of the West Lafayette community is important to us. Uh, so I, I do those, and then in terms of my activities, um, I, I participate in a lot of meetings about, you know, what it is like to be a student athlete. And a lot of times, those meetings revolve around diversity and inclusion. That's another initiative that Purdue has been very um, intentional about taking up, especially since our new athletic director, Mike Babinski, has, has come to campus. He's been very good about making sure that you know we talk about these these issues these these hard issues that, that they're hard to talk about um, but it, it's so great to have a leader who who wants to have those conversations uh, we talk about representation as well so I'm actually the first african-american student uh, athlete advisory committee president at Purdue University and you know in in that role and in that respect it's been it's been very um, eye-opening to see just how much has happened in terms of um, representation and how much... How do, you, how do you mean eye-opening for you? Uh, so when I say eye-opening, I mean, you know, as a, as a, as a general student athlete, you know, when I wasn't as involved in, in, in SAC, you know, I didn't really think about just how powerful it is to have people who look like you in positions of authority. And I think oftentimes we take that for granted, you know. Um, but again, as I became more involved in representing our student athletes, um, you know, I realized that, you know, a majority uh, or at least a large number of our student athletes at Purdue are African-American. And I don't think that, you know, at the time there was there was much representation um, of African-American student athletes in our student athlete advisory committee. Um, so for me, it became, you know, a, a kind of twofold thing. You know, first and foremost, all of us athletes need um, representation in terms of our voice to the administration. But at the same time, I think it's important for African Americans, uh, be they student athletes or not, to to have these leadership roles on campus. And I think um, being able to step into that role and be the first to do so. Um, was 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 very was very eye-opening because again I was able to see how much had been done so far and then also how much farther we have to go in terms of representation. Yeah. If um if, if somebody who is, you know, just enrolling at mm-hmm. Purdue and all of a sudden sees this and says, "Huh, I'm a student athlete, mm-hmm. a student athlete advisory committee." Mm-hmm. Um that could be interesting. How would they go about participating? How would they go about becoming a member? Mm-hmm. of the, the committee. So we're actually changing up our, our membership requirements this year to, to drive our engagement mm-hmm. um, because one of our goals at the beginning of the year was to improve our engagement and we uh, actually drew up a, a two-year plan to, to improve our engagement as a student athlete advisory committee. So under the new rules, we have a John Wooden Leadership Institute um, and through that we have a program called Emerging Leaders. And the, the new process will be... Um, 
student athletes joining the Emerging Leaders Program, uh, and that program is open to anybody. Anybody can walk in, join. You know, we offer free food at that to kind of encourage people to come. <laughs> they're, they're college students, college athletes. Free food often works. It often works, and and we we found that it, it closer to always works. <laughs> um, but under the the new uh, system, we would uh, kind of graduate our SAC members from emerging leaders. So. Under the new system, we'll have one representative from each team, and then uh, teams that would, you know, really want to have more than one representative, uh, the extra representatives will have an, an extra interview process, uh, but each team is entitled to one rep. Um, and that way we have, you know, highly engaged, um, you know, intelligent leaders who want to be a part of our process and what we do because SAC is a national organization and it's a it's an extremely important uh, organization because you know we, we do have a voice on campus um, and not only on campus but you know also across the whole association uh, so we want to make sure that we put the best people in those places to you know really help us express Purdue's voice. You are all very busy young people. Sure. Uh, I, I think College students today are, are, are certainly busy. If you're a student athlete mm-hmm. today, and you're talking about now, as you said, Power Five, um, a, a, the a Big Ten Conference, mm-hmm. Purdue, marvelous university, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on for Absolutely. you in terms of your academics and your athletics and training. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you find the time to do the and, – and what do you say – here's a better question for you. Mm-hmm. What would you say as the president to, to a, a young Josh who's mm-hmm. just showing up at Purdue and says, hey, I'm pretty interested in this, but, man, I don't know if I can find the time to mm-hmm. do this. What would you say to him? My advice for this is twofold. I think first and foremost, I would tell myself to find the things that you are passionate about and to engage yourself in those things that you're passionate about because if you're passionate about it, you'll, you'll want to engage with it. And then at that point, it's less of a chore. It's not work. It's something that you want to do. And so even when those commitments build up, right, that, that, that's still a positive thing because you're, you're doing things that you like to do. You understand? Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece of advice that I would say, and this is something that I've had to learn this year as, as president, is, is be realistic with yourself and learn when to say no. Um, you know. It's, and that can be a very difficult skill to acquire, well, it is, is how, how and when to say no. It's very difficult um, because, you know, we all want to do so much for our university, for each other, um, and each other being student athletes. But sometimes, you know, I have to remember I am taking a full class schedule. I'm also a student athlete. Um, I need sleep. I need to eat. I need to, to maintain my relationships with my family and my friends. I need to develop my career after I graduate. Um, and those things all take time as well. So for me, uh, one thing I do is I, I block out time that's just me time, you know. Uh, so usually what I'll do is I'll have weights in the morning at 6, 6 to 7. So I'll come home in like 7 to 10 o'clock in the, in the mornings. Those are, that's my time. Uh, so I try as hard as I can not to take any meetings during that time just so I can give myself space to decompress, to, to really just be mindful and present with myself um, so I can, I can attack the rest of my day with, with intentionality. I think that's one of those, that's, those are two of the things I would, I would tell myself 
uh, to really look out for in terms of time management. You know what? That's that's great advice for anybody in any sure. venue. Yeah. <laughs> Doing anything <laughs> mm-hmm. is what you've just suggested. Mm-hmm. That. How about the involvement at the conference level mm-hmm. for the SAC? What types of things then would would a SAC member be doing at the conference level? Sure. So in terms of involvement at the conference level, it's usually the president and the vice president who who are involved at mm-hmm. the conference at the conference level. Uh, so we have. Um, Semi-annual meetings, we meet twice a year, or biannual meetings, I suppose mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, we meet twice a year at the Big Ten head office in Chicago. And we, we attend those meetings, and the first purpose of you know, that meeting is to really learn from each other. You know, so what does Wisconsin do, or what does Maryland do, what does Rutgers do that we can you know, incorporate into our sex? So one of the things that kind of came from that meeting this year was a really great event called Boilers Got Talent. Uh, this was one of my main initiatives uh, for the year, and I'm so happy that we were able to accomplish it. It is a um, talent show, actually, that the student athletes put on for uh, Riley kids from Riley Children's Hospital, and we were able to raise, uh, I think, three thousand five hundred dollars in our in our first in our first wow. ever run. That's impressive. Um, it was it was so much fun, and and I think that's an idea that kind of came about. Uh, from that Big Ten meeting, and so there, there's there's definitely a cooperative mindset to that meeting. Uh, another thing that we do at the conference level is we review our legislative proposals that come down from the association, and we take a conference vote. So I know an example that I can mention for this is Big Ten gifts. So before uh, the old rule was um, each person would receive a standard gift from the Big Ten for competing in a Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we voted on that, and we actually moved to a system where there is now there is um, a whole page of options that you can choose from for your Big Ten gift. And that's something that we voted on at the conference level. Other things that we talk about are um, whether we do neutral site championship games uh, for which sports or whether we do you know home series games for certain championships. Um, and I know that there's there's a lot of contractual law that goes on with that discussion. So um, I don't know that I would say that we have you know complete control over things of that nature, right. but but do you um, feel that your voice is heard? Our voice is definitely heard. Our voice is definitely heard. And, and that's great that the Big Ten allows us to do that. I got to go back to your your um, Boilers having talent. Yeah, Boilers got talent. Boilers mm-hmm. got talent. Were you involved at all? Did you have any talent that you were exhibiting? Well, you here? know, I thought that you know I might let other people showcase uh-huh. their talents. Yeah, but you're the you president. Know. Come on, you got to get yeah, out there on the stage. Yeah, but you know, I can't hog the spotlight. Right? All right, so. that's, that's good. <laughs> that, that, that's a great exercise of of presidential discretion. There you go. Let everybody mm-hmm. else get up there. Mm-hmm. How about involvement at the association? level, at the NCAA level. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the NCAA level, um, that, again, kind of mirrors what we do at the conference level. So when the legislative proposals come down, we vote as a campus, and then our our responses are recorded, and our administration um, relays those to the NCAA, and the same thing happens at the conference level. We vote on our, uh, we discuss and vote on our our preferences, our thoughts on these legislative legislative initiatives, and then those are also passed on to the NCAA as well. Uh, and we also have the opportunity to propose legislative legislation for the association. Um, so if you're looking at the proposal sheets, they, they have a column where it says which uh, conference actually proposed the legislation. Uh, so our conferences do that as well. 
I guess a, a last question for you, and this kind of goes back to, to um, in some ways, the advice that you today would give to a mm-hmm. younger you. But as you're getting older now and you're having the opportunity to sort of look back at these experiences and still have some to look forward to, what do you think for you personally the value has been of participating as a SAC? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the value for me goes back to um, me understanding what it means to be a leader and how I can leverage that to affect positive change in my communities um, you can, let me interrupt you for one second because mm, I want to sure. continue because there, it, it brings me to an area because I know that one of the things that you do at Purdue is you're on mm-hmm. both the campus-wide and the athletic department social justice sure. committees. And mm-hmm. that seems to tie in what you're talking about yeah, here. What do absolutely. you do? Uh, uh, what's the purpose of that? What do you mm-hmm. do and how do you think it's contributed to your own experiences? Mm-hmm. So for our social justice committees, which you do have a, a standing meeting where we meet on Mondays and we, we discuss social justice, um, those meetings are are really about coming together as an athlete community and discussing the hard topics um, that we see in the news. So, so whether it's um, one of our biggest topics of the year was the, the national anthem uh, protests. And um, what was great about those is we had a safe space where people on both sides of the issue were able to come together and share their viewpoints. And it was not an argument. It was a discussion where, you know, an individual would say, I think this is appropriate because of, you know, they stated the reasons. And then somebody on the other side of the, of the debate would say, well, I think that's inappropriate because of these reasons. And the beautiful thing about that is we were able to come together to reach uh, a mutual respect for each other's perspectives. And based on reasoned discourse. Based on reason. We see so discourse. little of nowadays. Exactly. I think one of the, the drawbacks of social media is that it's so easy to find people who agree with you. And I think I think um, the discussion often stratifies into into two camps on each side of the spectrum. You know, either you're for it or you're against it, and there's no nuance. Right. Uh, whereas I think we live in a, in a world that's full of nuance. And I think it's lost sometimes on social media. But when you can have that in-person, you know, reasonable discourse um, with your peers, you find that. And, and the nuance is beautiful because we learn that we are different, but that's not bad. And I think it's been very cool to be, uh, you know, kind of one of the, the drivers of those discussions and one of the, the drivers of those changes on Purdue's campus. And I think that kind of ties back into your question about where do I find the most value for myself? Uh, because I would find that in my time as president, I've, been, I've become more and more conscious, again, about representation. And when I say representation, I mean the fact that, you know, as an African-American male, I have had this experience. And so for other people, you know, freshmen, underclassmen who have this interest, now they can say, you know, it's been done before, so I can do it too. You know, and I think that's a lesson that I'll take with me, um, you know, after graduation. You know, um, for me personally, it's it, the lesson is, you know, just because there, you know, maybe has not been a leader of who, who looks like you, that doesn't mean that you cannot be the first one to do so. And then when you're in that position, it's it's so important to, to reach out to people and, and, and bring them up uh, and, and, and make sure that, you know, um, everybody believes in their potential, you know, and I think that's, that's hugely important, you know, as an athlete, as an employee, you know, 
whatever the case may be. It's important to, to teach people and, and to encourage people um, to believe in themselves on the field of play, uh, in the boardroom, you know, in the classroom, whatever it is, we all were blessed with talents and potentials and the sky really is the limit. So encouraging people to, to, to believe that about themselves I think is, is something I've taken away from being president, and I'm, I'm so glad I've learned that lesson. Well, Josh, I think you could take any of the lessons you talked about here, and as I mentioned before, you can apply them to anything in anybody's life. Sure. And they would be valuable. <laughs> and, and let me just say as a compliment to you, anybody who questions the values of student-athletes and whether they're ex- actually truly students and athletes mm-hmm. uh, and whether they contribute to their communities, they spend five minutes with you, they'd have no doubt that, oh, indeed, that's the that happens. Mm-hmm. Josh, a pleasure, um, and, and good luck to you. Thanks for spending some time Thank with us. Thank you so much, Mr. Ford. I appreciate it. Good. That does it for this edition of the College Sports Insider presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. We'll look forward to talking with you again real soon. <laughs>